Thank you, worship team, for leading us in song this morning uh, as we realize the importance of being closer to the Lord. Uh, And there's a reason for that, and I think it ties in well with what we'll be talking about as we look at off with the old and on with the new, as we look at Ephesians chapter 4. But before we do, let's bow once more uh, so that we can commit our time to the Lord uh, and for His Spirit to keep every thought captive, uh, and have the Word of God do its great work in our hearts and our minds and our souls. So let's bow once more. Gracious Father, we thank you for a beautiful uh, sunny Sunday morning. Uh, Thankful for the ability to to get up and to do things, uh, that you've given us a mind that we can uh, think about things. Uh, You've given us mouths that we can speak things and ears to hear things. Uh, And Father, Lord, we realize that uh, you have given us your word, which is truth, uh, and it is able to make wise the simple. Uh, It is able to uh, be our guide, uh, our lead. Uh, It can answer life's difficult questions as well as life's simple questions. Uh, And so, Father, we know that it uh, is true and that it is applicable to us today. And so, Father, as we continue on in Ephesians chapter 4, Uh, May we see the importance of living in light of who we are in Jesus Christ uh, so that the world may see and know the grace, the mercy, the love uh, of you, Father. Uh, And we can see that uh, lived out in the one who gave the ultimate sacrifice, and that is Jesus Christ, your son, uh, who is not dead. He is alive forevermore, uh, and it is coming back soon. Uh, And so, Father, may that guide our time this morning, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll go ahead and open up to Ephesians chapter 4. Last week, we took a look at uh, verses 17 to 19, and today our text is verses 20 to 24. Um, But just in case you weren't here, and just by way of uh, the context, which as we study the Word of God... Uh, No one verse is an island by itself. Instead, we take into consideration the context and uh, what the rest of the scriptures have to say. And so uh, we're going to pick up and I'm going to read verses 17 through 24 uh, this morning so that we can uh, dive right into the word of God. It says, Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learned Christ, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus." To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So Paul has spoke to, in verses 17 to 19, the true nature of the fallen world. And he did not withhold anything. Matter of fact, he showed in in very vivid and beautiful detail 
if something fallen and the complete polar opposite of God can be beautiful. But the thing is, is that we need to know who we once were in order to appreciate who we are now. To realize and see ourselves as God sees us apart from him so that we can know and see who we are in Christ Jesus. To see that they are two polar opposite extremes so that we don't find ourselves, as Paul cautioned, believers to have a part in that old way of life. Or, as he says, you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do or as the pagans do or as you used to walk as an unbeliever in Jesus Christ. Like the rest of the world that is devoid of God. Because that is not who you are in Jesus Christ. No longer walk as pagans do. Why? Because as he says in verses 20 and 21, but that is not the way you learned Christ. So this phrase, learned Christ, is speaking to our salvation in Jesus Christ. It is not just knowing in our minds who Jesus is, not just knowing that he is a good man, a moral man who lived a good and moral life and had much to say about life in general, that had the ability to heal people and just claim to be the Son of God. No, it's actually knowing who Jesus is because you have had your entire existence turned upside down, inside out, because you've been transformed by the almighty power of God. You were once spiritually dead, you are now spiritually alive. And he's saying that this is not the way that you learned Christ. And what he is saying here is that that fallen world in which you used to be a part of, which used to characterize your existence is where you got your identity from that is simply but yet profoundly steeped in a worship of self is not how you learned about Jesus Christ. Because the fallen world does not seek God. The fallen world does not know God. It thinks it knows what God thinks and acts accordingly if they acknowledge that there is a God. And their comparison are only those that are on a horizontal level so that they compare themselves to someone who is worse than they are so that they can feel better about themselves or to justify that this is how I'm going to live my life, I'm just not going to be as bad as. But see, none of that, none of this world leads to salvation. Because what the self wants to do is say that, you know what, I'm just going to do my very best and hope that God accepts me for who I am. It's what Jesus referred to as self-righteousness. But see, that's not how you come to true saving faith in Jesus. Because there is a, transform or a, a transformation or a metamorphosis that takes place. That's why it says in 1 Corinthians 1.18 that for the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. See, spiritual things are foolishness to the rest of the world. So it's no surprise that when we speak of, you know, things that are right or wrong, when we speak to things that are morally right or wrong, 
they'll be quickly, you know, let loose as, well, that's just your opinion. Or that's just not my truth. You have your truth, I have my truth. But see, the fallen mind is, as Paul pointed out, futile, darkened, alienated, ignorant, hard, callous, sensual, greedy, impure, and as a result of all those things is incapable of knowing or learning Christ or you know, receiving Jesus Christ as Savior. Because out of what is pure evil, what is out of pure rejection of who God is, is not going to just all of a sudden have the light bulb go on that you would see in the cartoon as to, well, this is the right thing that I need to do because they're all about themselves. And varying levels of good or bad depending upon who they compare themselves to. But when the comparison is not on a horizontal level in this world, if the comparison is God Almighty who is holy, 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 a vertical comparison, then all of a sudden things change. And the interesting thing, you know, you see these words, you know, but this is not the way you learned Christ, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. Well, what truth is that? Well, it's truth that we are all dead in our trespasses and sins, that the, the, the truth is, is that there's only one way to God, one way to the Father, and that's through Jesus Christ. The truth is, is that all of us are going to stand before God one day, and apart from a Savior, apart from a Redeemer, apart from doing it God's way, we are going to still be dead in our trespasses and sins, separated from God forever, falling short of His glory, even if all we ever did was have one sinful thought. Because that's all it takes. Because once sin enters the picture, no matter how big or small we may you know, you know, look at it, it's still an affront to the holiness of God. But all three of these words, learned, heard, and taught, are in the Greek aorist tense. You may say, well, why is that important? Well, because it indicates a certain one-time past action. And this is important because as we, we look at this in relation to salvation, there is a point at which we are no longer like the rest of the world, and now we are Christ-like because a transformation has taken place. See, there is an already realized moment of salvation where each one of us, by the grace of God, by the mercy of God, by the regeneration of the Holy Spirit, are transformed from one way, which is, you know, as we'll see in the text, is putting off the old man or the old nature and putting on the new nature, one being self-centered, one being Christ-centered. Which Paul, as we can see in the text, goes on to say in verses 22 to 24, that we are to put off your old self, which belongs to your former, so in other words, not who you are now because of Christ, former manner of life, 
and is corrupt through deceitful desires. Because again, the deceiver, the liar from the beginning has dampened, has clouded, has confused their minds so they they can't even see anything spiritual because they're dead in their trespasses and sins. And he acts on that in such a way that that deceit, those desires, that corruption continues to perpetuate evil act after evil act after evil act. That's where it thrives. That's the medium in which sin can grow and fester and become what it is. An An unholy response to a holy God. Verse 23 goes on to say, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So what is this putting off and this putting on? Well, the Greek word put off literally means to cease doing what one is accustomed to doing. And that is a very good definition of who we are apart from Christ. We are accustomed to committing sin after sin after sin. And you may be thinking, well, you know, I'm, you know, I know people that are good, Pastor Bill. But see, the thing is, is that as we continue to have ourselves compared to the holiness and the perfection of God, even as a believer for years and years and years, God is continuing to reveal to us things that we need to confess, things that we need to give over and surrender to God. Because I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. We have the capacity to still sin. Now, who we are in Christ Jesus, that's another whole thing altogether. Because when we put our faith and trust in in, in Christ and we put off that old self and put on the new We've been transformed. We have a righteousness not our own. We are clothed in Christ's righteousness, which is the one and only one who can qualify us as the way, the truth, and the life. That word put on in Greek means one who puts on or assumes a new character, a new man. Well, why is it assuming a new character? Because the old character will not do. You cannot put lipstick on a pig and expect it to not be a pig. And if you've been around pigs, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Okay? Because when we are transformed, it is not just God coming in and just doing a slight renovation and making everything look better. Because what is there cannot be useful in relation to the worship and obedience to God that is necessary for someone to to know God and to have learned Christ. There has to be a transformation, a metamorphosis from one way to another way. There's a couple of passages that we can um, glean from that gives us a better understanding of what Paul is saying here in relation to this putting off of the old self and this putting on of the new. Colossians chapter 3, verses 8 to 10. In his letter to the church at Colossae, he says, But now you must put them all away. Well, what are we supposed to put away? Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices 
and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. Because over here, yes, we are all created in the image of God, but that image has been marred, that, that image has been damaged, all because of sin. Sins which we willfully engage in. But because of Christ, we are being renewed in the image of the creator. And what is the image and the character of our creator? Holy, 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 holy. In the book of Romans, uh, chapter 13, Paul says, The night is far gone, in verse 12. The day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Do you see? It's a casting off. It is throwing it away for it to never again be part of who you are. Like you throw a stone out into the middle of the water as far as you can throw it, and it disappears in the depths of the water. You don't drain the water out and go out there and try and search and find that rock again. It's gone because you've cast it off because it's a work of darkness. It is a work of selfishness. He says, let us walk properly in the, as in the daytime. See, normally, evil is done under the darkness or in the darkness because there is a sense of moral right and moral wrong. But as we learned last week, they can even become the point of being callous where they paraded out in the open, which is right where our country is now. People are parading in their sin as if sin means nothing. This is just my choice, my lifestyle. This is how I want to live my life, and you need to embrace that. Well, no, I don't, because that is not who I am anymore. I am no longer that person. I have put off that old self. And interesting in the text here, which you won't get in your English translation again, those words translated put off and put on are also in the aorist tense. And you would say, well, Pastor Bill, why is that important? Because it is a certain one-time past action. So at the moment of salvation, a transformation took place. When you put your faith and trust in Christ, when you repented of your sins, all of a sudden you went from being a slave to sin living in the reality of the old man or the old nature, and you've changed. It is a new nature. Matter of fact, we're going to look at a verse here in a few moments. It's actually a divine nature because we are given a spiritual nature that loves God. See, look at it this way. You probably went into a closet today or into a drawer to find something appropriate to wear to church today. Now, there are shirts in my drawers that my wife would love for me to throw out because they're just now getting worn in. They're comfortable. You know, they don't, 
you know, make me feel constricted. And she's right, I should get rid of those shirts. But see, there's a draw to wear them because it's not like the new, you know, shirt that you need to break in. But see, the thing is, is that in your, your spiritual closet, you don't have hanging on a hanger your old self, your old nature, and you're right now currently wearing the new nature, okay? That old nature, clothing, does not exist anymore. And you're not going back and forth between the new nature and the old nature, putting on one and taking off the other. See, because it is at the moment of salvation, in the aorist tense, it was a certain point in time at which you were translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. You are no longer wearing that garment. You have put it off. You have cast it away. You have put it away because that's not who you are anymore. So that's why Paul is saying you must not, no longer walk as the pagans do. Because that's not who you are. You don't even have that garment anymore. See, there is no common ground between the old self and the new self. Let me say that again. There is no common ground between the old self and the new self. See, the old self is a futile existence. Are there successful people in the eyes of the rest of the world that live good lives? Yes, there are. But it's still a futile existence because we were created as spiritual, eternal beings in the image of the creator himself for the purpose of loving God and enjoying him forever. Sin changed all of that. That's why we need a Savior, Jesus Christ, to redeem us, to atone for our sins, to make us right with God so that we can have a righteousness, not our own, and be clothed in it. See, because that's our new clothes. That's our new duds, if that's a word that you're familiar with. See, it is a futile existence characterized by deceitful schemes, as it says there in the text. So in other words, it is self centered. But the new self is a purposeful existence because you realize why you were created. You realize why we're even here to begin with. You realize that we are sinners in need of a savior because God is that holy. And he cannot have one random miscellaneous thought that is sinful in his presence. If you don't believe me, look at the cross. Because Jesus would have had to have died even for one random thought that no one else can see. But God knows because he knows your mind and he knows your heart. Everything is laid bare before him. It's a purposeful existence characterized by, as it says there in the text, true godly righteousness and holiness. So again, There's a a great divide. It is two separate natures. And you don't have the old nature and the new nature battling for which one's going to come out of your spiritual closet and you're going to put on each day. Because, again, the old garment is gone. Because there was a point in time when you put your faith and trust in Christ, and when when that happened, you put off the old and you put on the new. Never to go back. 
1983, there was a song that uh, I listened to uh, called Fire Nice that Steve Camp wrote. And I believe he really hit the nail on the head, help us better understand why we should no longer walk as the pagans do, because that's not who we are. He says, I was messing around with the things of the old life. I didn't think it would hurt, just a little seemed all right. But the wages of sin, it's like a cancer within. It ripped my faith until I was hard against him. Now I know that fire and ice, darkness and light can never live together. It's day or it's night, it's wrong or it's right, it's one way or the other with my life. Do you see that the old nature and the new nature cannot coexist? Either you are still in the old nature as a sinner, devoid of a love for God, or you are in the new nature where you have a love for God. And you love God because he first loved you through his son, Jesus Christ. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, Paul put it this way. He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. That's right. Say it out nice and loud. He is a new creation. New creation. So God had to create Something new because what that was there, the old, was not something he could just dress up and make look nice. It would not suffice. It would not do. It would be a compromise on God's part to his holiness and his righteousness and his justice. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. It is dead to you. Behold, the new has come. See, this is important for us to understand because how you see this is going to determine how you live your life in this world. The world wants to conform you to its image. Well, you had plenty of that when you were in the old nature. You don't ha- the old nature has nothing to give to you that you need. Absolutely nothing. No matter how it makes you feel, no matter how much emotion that you can muster up or how much you can justify in your mind, it has nothing you need. God has everything you need because you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. The new has come. That's why in verse 23 he says, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. And in typical Pauline form, this is the only time this word's used in the entire Greek New Testament. And I like what the Vines Expository Dictionary of Biblical Words, which is a mouthful, defines it. So listen to it, or you can read it on the screen. It says, the renewal here mentioned is not that of a mind itself in its natural powers of memory, judgment, and perception, but the spirit of the mind which under the controlling power of the indwelling Holy Spirit directs its bent and energies Godward in the enjoyment of fellowship with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ, and of the fulfillment of the will of God. See, this is what this renewal does. It takes you from only thinking in the dimension of horizontal and the relationships that you have here on earth and the friends or co-workers or family members that you have here on earth. 
It takes us to a dimension that's vertical because it is Godward, which did not exist in the old nature. It's something that only comes because you have been born again. You have a new nature. You are a new creation. And see, 2 Peter chapter 1 you know, speaks to the fact that we are partakers of the divine nature. He says there in verse uh, 3 of chapter 1, His divine nature, this is God's, or His divine power has granted to us all things pertaining to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who has called us to His own glory and excellence. So what has God called us to? What is it that by His divine power He's granted to us? The ability to have our gaze Godward, to have the capacity to love God because we are one of his children, because we've been given spiritual life, because we are redeemed. By which he has granted to us, verse 4, his precious and very great promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature. Because we have been given a righteousness not our own, our new garment is righteousness, Jesus Christ righteousness, period. You do not add to or take away from that righteousness. It belongs to God and God alone because he is pure and holy and just and right. And that is the only way you can be made right with a holy and pure and just God. So that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having, notice, escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. So you have successfully, because of the very power of God, escaped that corruption because it is dead to you. That garment does not exist in your reality any longer. So Paul is saying, don't go back there. Do not be like who you used to be even if you were in the eyes of the world a good person because that's not your comparison. Your comparison is Godward. Paul in Galatians 2.20 said it this way. He says, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, no longer self-centered, but Christ who lives in me, Christ-centered. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. See, the thing is, is we're still capable of sin. Even though we've been redeemed, even though we have a righteousness not our our own. And when God looks at us, he sees his son because his son paid our price. He paid and appeased God's wrath on our sin when he took it to the cross. But see, that divine nature is being renewed within us, making us more Christ-like. See, this renewal changes something. This renewal changes the way you see God and yourself. Let me say that again. This renewal changes the way you see God and yourself. One, because you see God, period. You see him as he is, not as the world wants to see him or a God of their own making, which is an idol. They actually genuinely see God with their their own spiritual eyes because God has given them the eyes to see. And it also helps you to see your sin 
in your own personal life the way God sees it, so much so that as you sin after being a believer, it should wrench you to the inside, to the core of who you are, so that you want to confess that sin because you know that, as it were, you're telling God that Jesus' sacrifice wasn't really all that big of a deal. Look at it in light of what Paul mentioned in verses 17 through 19, as we looked last week. See, this, this renewal changes what you see about God and yourself. It changes the way you think about God and yourself. And what it does is it influences your attitudes and actions. It's going to have a positive effect. So what was futile in the old nature is now beneficial in the new nature. What was darkened is now enlightened. What was alienated is now reconciled. What was ignorance is now understanding. What was hard-hearted and callous is now perceptive and receptive. What was sensual is now chaste. What was greedy is now giving. What was impure is now pure. Do you see that? Polar opposites, not the same thing, not even in the same universe, because the old is dead. It's been cast off, been thrown away, because you have no use for it. And everything that it has to offer, you don't need. Because you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. So how should this inform our lives today? Because we've, everyone who is a believer in Jesus Christ here this morning has learned Christ. Not because of your old nature, but because of God reaching down and giving life to what was dead. Because Jesus Christ paid the ultimate sacrifice through his blood. First is walk with God. Genesis chapter 6 verse 9. It says there, these are the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man. Blameless in his generation, Noah walked with God. As those who have been created new, our desire is to walk with God, not walk with the world. If you go down and drop down a couple verses to verses 11 and 12, this is where Noah walked with God. Now the earth was corrupt in the sight of God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God saw the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. This doesn't have to be penned a couple of millennia ago. This is a documentary even today. Because we can look and see that the earth is corrupt in God's sight. It's filled with violence. All flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. That is how the old nature, the old man is, because it is devoid of God. But see, when you walk with God, when you know God, then you're going to be righteous. You're going to be blameless because you are seeking to live more and more Christ-like. So walk with God. Second, be an instrument of righteousness. 
This comes out of Romans chapter 6, verses 12 and 13. It says, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies to make, it, or to make you obey their passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death You're dead in your trespasses and sins, but are made alive in Christ Jesus. But present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments of righteousness. Again, polar opposites. Instruments of unrighteousness because of deceitful desires or instruments of righteousness because you've been given a righteousness not your own. And it's given you the capacity to love God and obey God and live for God so that you can be an instrument of righteousness, but also, thirdly, that you can be a light in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, which takes us to Philippians chapter 2. Verses 12 and following says, Therefore, my beloved... So in other words, every believer, every brother and sister in Christ, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will to work for his good pleasure. Do all things without grumbling or questioning that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life. We live in a crooked and perverse generation. Nothing is new under the sun. So we have an opportunity to walk with God. We have an opportunity to be instruments of righteousness. We have an opportunity to shine, to be lights in darkness. Why? Because there's others that need to see the light of Jesus Christ. To know the forgiveness, the mercy, and the grace of God through Jesus Christ. To stop striving in their own strength. To stop thinking that in the old man, the old nature, that some way they can muster up just enough to appease God. See, that's a lie. That's why it is deceitful. It's a desire that can never see the light of day because it's always coming from a tainted source. It is sin to the core. Nothing good can come out of sin. Jesus, on the other hand, because he has freed you from that, can produce a a harvest of righteousness, and help you be the light that the world needs to see. Because at one point, Lord willing, in your past, because you know Jesus Christ, you put off the old nature and have put on the new nature because you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. And the life you now live in the flesh, you live by faith in who? The Son of God. Amen? Amen. Let's stand together, and as the worship team comes this morning...
when we live as lights in this world, when we live as lights in our communities that we find ourselves living, what we're putting forth is Jesus Christ, God's Son, who gave the ultimate sacrifice. The Son of God taking on flesh, giving up his life so that you could have new life. Not new life so that you can go back and dabble in the old, but new life to free you up to be able to worship God as you should out of a thankful heart, out of a loving heart, and a heart that is ready to praise the Lord. And the thing is, it has a positive impact. It is, it is the conscience to the world that has no conscience. In a world where they call what is evil good and good evil, the only way they're going to know the good is by the light shining in darkness, by the truth that is in Jesus is proclaimed. Wouldn't it be a blessing as we sing God Bless America? Well, the very blessing that America needs is Jesus Christ because he is the one who is going to change people. And as he changes people, he changes a nation. So may we be that light, that instrument of righteousness as we walk with God. So let's sing out God Bless America. could join us this morning and uh, as you celebrate this Memorial Day weekend, um, be mindful of those who have lost loved ones, those that won't be able to celebrate because they gave their life for the freedom that we enjoy. Uh, and be in prayer for them, but also be in prayer for our nation because the, our nation truly does need Jesus because he can transform them. He can give them a new love, a love for God which will in turn give them a love for others and give them an ethic that is holy in nature because it comes from God himself. So happy Memorial Day. God bless you, church family. You're dismissed. <laughs>